Hey, this is Christian Golden. Welcome to our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope this message encourages you. I hope it builds you up. Enjoy the message. So turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. I believe next week we will be ending the series on Ephesians. This went a lot longer than I expected, but it's okay. You got nothing but time until Jesus comes back. So Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22 through 24. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands and everything. And everything. <laughs> I got a couple amens on that, but... I expect to hear some amens from the women when we move on down the verses, okay? So be careful, Neil. Be careful. Um, it says, wives, submit to your own husband. Your husbands, not your best friends, not your co-workers, not even your neighbors. Submit to your husbands. Your husband, ladies, is a product of the best decision you could ever make. Getting married is probably the second biggest decision we could ever make in our life, second uh, only to our being born again in Jesus Christ. And there's a period of time called the dating phase. Follow me here, okay? Men opening the doors for you. You remember that long, long time ago when that used to happen? Flowers. They would bring you chocolates, movie nights. Um, there was no fighting, only blissful love and romance in the dating phase, right? You know what I'm saying? Things that we don't do anymore. Um, then comes the commitment phase. You, you see potential in the person you're thinking about marrying. You see a, a potential that this guy could be the one for me. And so what do you do? You go and talk to your mom and get your mom's approval. And I did, uh, my wife, she did the same thing. And the only reason, and I'm as a God honest truth, the only reason I got a second date with Emily is because I was driving a new uh, 1996 Z71 uh, truck. And her mom said, he's got a new truck, so he must be doing something right. But I deceived him. I'm not going to lie. I deceived him. That was not my truck. <laughs> you know, that was a company truck. I wonder how things would have been different if I was driving my mom's busted up minivan. <laughs> praise God. Praise God. Anyways. And you talk to your mom and you weigh out all the good and the bad of this man you're thinking about marrying. And rightfully so, you should. Because uh, I talked to my dad about the same thing. And my dad told me, um, you better marry her because I don't think anybody else will marry you, son. <laughs> so, I did. Uh, anyway, then comes the planning phase, right? Planning the wedding, planning the reception. And for most women, this is the time that you realize... That you can absolutely not count on us to do anything, right? Especially on time. When I got married, I showed up to the wedding. My wife and her best friend did everything. Um, I was dressed, ready to go. That was my part. Emily did it all. And my point, ladies, is you had plenty of time, plenty of time during this, these three phases to make a better choice. But you chose who you chose. Nobody chose him for you. So when your husband don't take the trash out, remember, you chose him. Amen? When he spends all his time fishing, 
You chose him when he leaves his underwear on the floor in the bathroom. You chose him. Remember that. Look, all I'm saying, look, this is the serious business. All I'm saying, quit blaming the devil for the choices you made. Okay. Okay. Now, listen, regardless, we're trying to have fun here. I want it to be fun. Regardless how this man that you chose treats you or acts towards you. The one that swept you off your feet with flowers, candies, movies, long walks on the beach. Regardless, you still submit to your own husband. Your commitment to your husband is not predicated on whether he shows you attention or he doesn't. Your commitment to your husband is no different than the commitment you make to the Lord. A man and his wife, they were having uh, some pretty serious problems at home one night. And it got so serious, they decided they weren't going to talk to each other. And because, and, and so they were giving each other the silence treatment. When all of a sudden the man realized, oh my gosh, tomorrow I've got to get up at 5 a.m. for a flight, for a business flight. But I'm not going to lose and break the silence treaty, so I'm going to write a note to my wife. So he wrote a note to his wife and said, please wake me up at 5 a.m. And he stuck it on her side of the bed so when she got in there, she would see it. So he woke up the next morning. Here it is, 9 o'clock. The birds are chirping, and he's in a rage, a furious rage, wondering, why didn't you wake me up? And as he was fixing to run and rip her up one side and down the other, he stepped on a piece of paper that said, it's 5 a.m., get up. Neither one of them wanted to break the silence treatment. Isn't that silly how we fight over silly things sometimes? Come on, men, give in a little bit. Give in. It's 5 a.m. Time to wake up. We just fight over so many silly stuff. But, you know, seriously, as you study Paul's words to husbands and wives, remember that he was writing to believers. He was writing to the Christians. He wasn't writing to the world. The world doesn't act like we act. In the world, they say, if you don't like who you're with, leave them. We're not living in the world. We're of the world, but we're not. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. Okay. Um. He was writing to the Christians. The apostle, the apostle Paul was nowhere suggesting in this statement, wives submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, that all that women are inferior to men. And so many people take that out of context. They read the first part, wives submit to your husbands. And I almost sent that to Chad, Lisa, the other day when we was having our conversations. But I said, no, nah. <laughs> he might take it out of context. But um, they read the first part, wives submit to your husbands. And they stop reading and they use that to manipulate their wives. He wasn't saying that all women must be in subjection to all men either in every situation. But the fact that he uses Christ in the church as his illustration is evidence that he has the Christian home in mind. So how do we act as wives in a Christian home? How do we act as husbands in a Christian home? Verse 22 says, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. One of the most difficult things that we can do, uh, concepts in God's word for us to fully grasp and understand is the idea of biblical submission. Because especially, I don't know how the women think, but as men, we think we got to conquer everything. We, we might be in an argument with our wife and we might mumble something under our breath just to get the last word in. We're, we're that way. We want to conquer. We want to win. We want to be that, you know. Beat your chest, a lion king, hold them up, you know. That's who we are. We were created for that way. But that's not how it is. And we have uh, trouble fully grasping biblical submission. And 
that word submission isn't only used in the Bible when it comes to wives submitting to your husbands. Okay, and it's not limited to that either. We have to stop picking and choosing which words or parts of the Bible that we want to study or quote. Okay, you agree with that? Everything in this book is for us to learn from, to grow from, to teach from. And it doesn't matter what you're going through. I promise you there is a story, an example, a Bible verse that will get you through it. Second Timothy 5.16, my favorite verse. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Verse 17, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. So stop picking and choosing what verse you want to make it fit your agenda. Read the entirety of it. If you've got a verse that you think you're going to win a conversation with your wife, go back and read the, the first five and then read the second five after it. And then see if you still have a leg to stand on. Okay? Submission isn't only used in verse 22. As Christians, we're to submit ourselves to each other. Ephesians 5.21, submitting to one another in the fear of God. We're to submit ourselves to the government. Romans 13.1, let every soul be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are from God. And we're to submit to God. James 4.7, therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Amen. Self-sacrifice is required in each one of these circumstances. We should never view submission as easy or convenient. Um, instead, we should view it as a service to God. So women, wives, when, when you show submission to your husband, you, you allow him to take leadership and responsibility in the, in the relationship in the home. His position as a leader is biblical. And submission shouldn't be confused with the person being weak. It's not saying you're a, a, the weaker vessel. It's not saying you're weak. But a woman submits to her husband. She's actually submitting to God. Because 522, the verse we just read says, submit, Wives, submit to your husband as unto the Lord. So the same way you submit unto the Lord is the same way you will submit to your husband. Okay, now I want to be clear about something. Listen to what I'm saying. I'll... Fun and games inside. This is the biblical view of submission. And we'll get to the men in just a second. But if you're in an abusive physical relationship, this is no way implying that you stay in the house with the man who's beating on you. Okay? And I'm telling you, you need to get out. Go find some help. Take your kids and go get some counsel. Okay? I'm not saying divorce. I'm just saying this is not what this verse means. You do not stay in an abusive home. You get help. And, okay? Amen. Let's move on. There will be times that you have to submit even when your husband don't deserve it. But by divine right, God set the man as a leader. And you can trust that God is a good God. Amen. He's a gracious God. You can also know that nothing escapes the eyes of God. Nothing. And a wicked man will be held accountable for his actions. So men, do I need to say any more? You will be held accountable for your actions. I always try to remember when I'm thinking about twisting off on Emily. This is God's daughter. I better watch my mouth. Plus, I know her dad's got a whole gun cabinet full of guns. So that kind of helps, you know. Amen. Praise God for daddies with guns. Um, a submissive wife doesn't sit by why her husband makes all the decisions either. It's a, in a healthy marriage. Husbands and wives, they work as a team. They, they communicate. They come to agreement. The husband makes the decision knowing that he is responsible 
to God for that decision. So every decision we make, men, is in, in God's eyes, puts us as responsible for our family, for our children, for our finances, for our jobs. Amen. And a submissive wife also offers encouragement, understanding that making decisions is a heavy responsibility on a man's shoulders. Now, some women ain't satisfied with this, okay? <laughs> you want to be in charge. And many of you are because uh, there are men in the church as a whole who refuse to take the headship of the home seriously. Um, one thing I can say about that is when, before we got married, my wife came in and she took the, the, all the bills. She started paying all the bills. She took over my uh, bank account and I would get $300 a week. Once we got married, that doesn't mean I spent $300 a week, but I got $300 a week in my bank account. If I spent a hundred, she'd move it back up to 300. And that little bit of money, it was the only thing for 10 years that I ever worried about. I didn't worry about if the bills got paid. I never paid a bill one time. I, I don't even think I wrote a check and all this time. And when my wife got sick, I, it came to the realization, oh, we got to pay bills. And my wife, being the woman that she is, she kept such great details. And when we get our, our bills would come in the mail, she'd immediately write a check and send it out whether it was due or not. Okay? But I didn't do that. <laughs> I, don't, I didn't know how to do that. I was nervous that if I see money in the account, that means I got it to spend. So I had to transfer, every, transfer everything to, you know, online giving. But my point is, I didn't take control of anything. I didn't do anything. I worried about me. I was selfish. I should have been spending time with my wife, understanding the process and understanding how she does business. But realistically, um, women being over the home can't work this way. Unity requires relational structure. Submission takes real humility. It takes a lot of prayer and trust in the Holy Spirit for the women to get the men to come along. Amen. Everything that God created and all creation does what it's supposed to do. The flowers bloom, the wind blows, the seas crash. But men have to be prodded for months just to take out the trash. You know, <laughs> we could use an example. Amen. All right. But so does godly leadership. You can look, ladies, you can look to Jesus as an example and reflect his love and self-sacrifice as you lovingly choose to submit to your husband. All right, now let's talk about the men for a minute, okay? So follow along with me as I read 25 through 33. Quite a few verses, but it's important. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or anything such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does as the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery. But I speak concerning Christian Christ and the church. Nevertheless... Let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself and let his, the wife see that she respects her husband. Now, Ephesians, that, uh, 
Remember, men, in verse 22, where it said, wives, submit to your husbands? Well, down in verse 33, it said, nevertheless. You remember that uh, sermon Paul Golden gave on nevertheless? Wasn't that a powerful sermon? I think we might play it one Wednesday night just to kind of reverberate that a little bit. But nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself. So the same thing we could say about the women, the same thing we could say about the men. Love your own wife, your wife, not your best friend's wife, not your co-worker's wife, not even your neighbor's wife, your wife. And it's so easy to get caught up in these text messages and phone calls and Facebooks. And when this ain't happening here and this ain't happening here, next thing you know, you find yourself in an entire realm of sin. Why did Paul even put all this stuff in Ephesians about husbands and wives? Because here's why. When you look at the culture of the time, in Paul's time, pagans saw women as inferior beings. They were playthings for the dominant male. To be head of the house was to accept the common notion that authority was the male's rightful providence. Children and wives were only responsible to obey. The wife was not equal to her husband as a person or any, in any other way. His needs and concerns dominated the entire household. I would ask how many of our needs as men dominate our entire household over the needs of our wives and our children. And it's easy to happen. It's easy to put our extracurricular activities before we put our time with our wife. Verse 25 says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. As Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. There, there's a lot to be said right here, men. Um, how did Christ love the church and how are we supposed to love our wives and give ourselves for her? In the same way Christ did. The first thing you do is you set your eyes on her and her alone. Amen. Christ's love for his bride, which is the church, is unique as it is special. His love for his bride, the church, is different from those who don't belong to him. Jesus said those who believe in him, which is basically the church, are saved. While those that don't believe in him aren't saved. So in the same way, we need to separate our wives from everyone else. Of all the people we know, our wives deserve the best that we can give. Not what's left over after work. Not what's left over after golf outings with the men. Not what's left over after fishing. Or not even what's left over at church. But our wives deserve our very best. Amen? And don't just show your wives attention when you have the urge to merge, men. That's setting up something. That's letting them know their value. Always show her attention. The love we give to our wives is different from what we give to others. We have to set her apart from other women. And even though this is a touchy subject in some of y'all's homes, because it is in mine, at one time we have to set her apart from our own mothers, respectfully. When we first got married, my mom still come to my house to pick up my laundry. Remember? Uh, my wife didn't like that. And she let my mom know in love, uh, I can take care of this. And rightfully so. We have to seek after her beauty. We have to seek after her smile, after her touch. She's the one that we always long for, men. The second thing, we have to be willing to give yourself up for her sake. We should be willing to give up our own comfort and what we want for the purpose of doing what's best for our brides. Christ gave up his own life so that our sins could be forgiven. 
so that our lives could be saved, so we could be restored to the Father as His children. And in the same way, we should be willing to give up our comforts, our pleasures, to meet the needs of our wives. Most of our wives work just as hard as we do. Amen? Two, two families, husband and wives, working side by side. But the difference is when we, we plop down on the couch when we get home, and our wives go back to work. I'm not winning any brownie points with the men, ladies, just so you know. So I'm, I may need some food some, sometime soon. But look, our wives go back to work when they get home. Cooking dinner, washing dishes, folding laundry, homework with the kids, bath time with the kids, packing lunch for the kids. And you want to know why she ain't in the mood when you're ready to go? Come on, man. Seriously. Seriously. Share the responsibilities. Give up the TV remote one day and listen to your wife tell you about her day. Say no to the boys when they want to go fishing or golfing. Say yes to a dinner date in the movie with your bride. Come home and cook dinner for your wife who's busy with the kids even after her own job. And lastly, as her husband, commit to bring her to the Lord always. It's one of the greatest things we could do as husbands for our brides, for our wives Do all that you can to bring her to God. Pray for her. Pray with her. Pray around her. Pray when she's sleeping. Pray when she's awake. Grab her hand and pray with her. Grab her hand when she's awake. Seek God with her. Read the Bible together. Share your thoughts on the Word of God with her. I had an opportunity to sit at the table one night this week with my wife and just kind of talk a little bit about marriage. And she she, she gave me some great points, some great views that I, I otherwise wouldn't have seen. Worship together at home. Worship together at church. Pray with her. Study with her. Do all that you can, husbands, to bring her closer to the Lord. And your relationship with your wife will transform overnight. I promise you. Do you hear me? The secret of harmony in the home is the fullness of the Spirit. It's not my will. It's not my wife's will. But it's our combined will. The unity of the church and the harmony of the home both depend on the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 4.3 Endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. It is the power from within, not the pressure from without, that holds the church and the home together. It's the power from within, not the pressure from without, that holds the church and home together. What you will see is that when Christians are filled with the word of God, they'll have the same characteristics as Christ. Being filled with the spirit of God means to be controlled By the word of God. Amen. That was tweetable, by the way. Being filled with the spirit of God. Means to be controlled by the word of God. The headship is what helps bring harmony to the home. As unto Christ is the motive. Wives are to submit to their husbands as they would submit to Jesus Christ. They would submit to Jesus Christ. Husbands are to love their wives just like Christ loves the church. And husbands and wives who are right with the Lord will be right with each other. That's, I'm going to say that again. Husbands and wives who are right with the Lord will be right with each other. A family that prays together stays together. We've said it for years. How many of us pray together with our family? We pray. We pray just about every night. Some nights the kids are just so bad I just shut the door and say, peace out. <laughs> Catch you in the morning. Most nights we pray together as a family. We always say the Lord's Prayer, and we take turns who's going to say it. So they get experience praying in front of people, training them up while they're young. uh, Sarah and Matthew pray over every meal. 
mom and dad don't, Sarah and Matthew do, and they do a really good job at it. But pray together. It builds unity. It builds bonds with your children. It builds a trust with them. There has to be compromise in every marriage. And more often than that, most of our fights with our spouse happens because one of us is being selfish. I was the poster child for a selfish husband. I, uh, I'm going to share this story. I might get in trouble for it later. <laughs> we were having... I'm not going to say it. <laughs> we were doing uh, fertility treatments. No, it's not a big secret. And I went to my wife and said, I am sick and tired of spending money on this fertility treatments. And went the next week and put $10,000 down on a truck. And you talk about being selfish. Mm. Yeah, I felt about this big. I did that. <laughs> Me. <laughs> I did that, and I'm sorry, wife. <laughs> Forgive me. Which I, we've gotten past that, but that was a selfish thing to do. I was a poster child for a selfish husband. I did what I wanted, when I wanted, and it didn't matter what my wife wanted to do or what my children wanted to do. It was all about dad. And some of the things that I said, my attitudes, when I didn't get my way, the thoughts that were in my mind when I was angry, what was I thinking? What was I thinking? So we're going to pray this morning. And... Just bow your eyes. We're just going to pray and just just pray, okay? Um, listen with your heart this morning. As women, you're going to miss the mark sometimes. As men, you will miss the mark sometimes. And it's difficult. It's during these difficult times in our marriage that our relationship with Jesus is going to play a huge part in the healing process. Maybe you've said some things to your wife or your husband out of anger. And even though you didn't mean it, those sharp, bitter words still sting like an angry hornet. So in front of God and everybody, I want to tell you, wife, anything that I've ever done to harm our marriage, my attitudes, my selfish desires, please forgive me. I mean that with all my heart. You're the best thing that's ever happened to me. And I love you. Thirteen years with my wife. It's coming up. If the Holy Spirit is speaking to you right now, I want you to purpose in your heart to ask forgiveness, not only from the Lord, but from, the, from your wife or your husband. If you're holding on to unforgiveness in your heart today, today's the day you let it go so your marriage can start healing. I was always taught that in a marriage it's 50-50. And my wife taught me that in a marriage... It's 100%, 100%. Because if we each give 100% in our marriage, when the other partner is lacking, there's still 100%. But when I gave 50%, that means I gave half my love, half my time, half my commitment, half my heart, and half my faithfulness. You don't have to raise your hand, but how many of you would say you haven't been giving 100% to your bride or to your husband? I think we can all raise our hands on the next one. How many of you would say you can do better even if it's just a little? We can all do a little better. In the same way that we sacrifice our wives, our husbands, Jesus Christ, made a sacrifice for all of us. He sacrificed his life on the cross so that we can have eternal life. Have you asked Jesus to be your Savior?
Have you asked Jesus to come into your life this morning? Today is the day of salvation. If you want to ask Jesus to be your Savior. Hey, this is Christian Golden. I wanted to thank you so much for joining us today and listening to our podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, I'd like to ask you to do a couple things for us. The first is to subscribe to our podcast so you can stay up to date with everything going on here at LCC. Also, you can help us reach others around the world by investing today at lightchristiancenter.com slash give. Thank you so much for joining us. God bless you and have a great day.